there's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux! doing today it's talking hockey the hockey talking show season five episode 16 we're calling this one the goulet michelle goulet you might remember him uh for his mustache perhaps you remember him being a five-time all-star a quebec nordique a chicago blackhawk we'll get into some michelle goulet facts for you it's co-host tom here on talking hockey the hockey talking show uh, I am with, as always, co-host Randy. And uh, Randy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It looks like Winnipeg is about to leave the deep freeze of uh, the minus 30s almost. Uh, yeah, our polar vortex. With the our polar vortex got the hint. It's moving on. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> it, you know, it was here for a bit and now it's moving on. But uh, yeah. no, uh, feeling good. I, I I like the timing of the polar vortex moving on with the all-star break because all the all the jets, you know, they were on the road for a good chunk of the polar vortex. Then they came back, had a home game, and it was like, oh, minus 30. And it was on Sportsnet, and that's all the panel talked about was how it was minus 30 in Winnipeg or whatever. <laughs> like, obviously, guys, it's polar vortex. And, you know, and then all-star break, they all go down south, whatever. They go on vacation. Then when they come back to Winnipeg for their next game, it's just going to be like regular non-polar vortex winter. Everybody be in a good spirits, and uh, the Jets will get back to winning some hockey games. Well, I, I have a feeling we're not quite out of it just yet. Like it's only <laughs> February four or February fourth today. This is airing on February sixth, but um, yeah, yeah. Did the we'll groundhog? Uh, did the local groundhog see his shadow or? You know? I believe I believe the groundhog is at Okamak Marsh, uh, and I believe he saw his shadow, his or her shadow, yeah. their shadow. Um, so that means six more weeks of winter, I guess. Yeah, which makes it go to like mid March, which is completely which is like, realistic. <laughs> that's like, oh, that's a good uh, prediction, actually. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll take that. Um, we don't don't ever forget those blizzards that we get like the last week of March or the first week of April, right? Like, yeah, we know that's always uh, a potentially uh, a thing to happen. <laughs> I uh, this is not hockey related, but I gotta say, uh, so I I saw a headline, uh, Quebec. Uh, geez, I can't recall the town somewhere in Quebec. Their, uh, their groundhog died. Uh, so oh, they, I like, saw went, that on the news. Yeah. Yeah. They went to, uh, wake him up for groundhog day. Turns out didn't quite make it. Uh, but anyway, rest in peace, groundhog from Quebec. Uh, you know, who's also from Quebec, Randy, Michelle Goulet, uh, Goulet, Goulet wore number 16, um, for his entire career with both the Quebec Nordiques and the Chicago Blackhawks. 
So he played from 1979 to 1994. And you might say he was one of the most prolific scorers during the 1980s. He had 50 goal seasons for four years in a row. And, uh, you know, along with the uh, Stasny brothers uh, who came over from the Czech Republic, uh, he was kind of the centerpiece of those 1980s Quebec Nordique teams until, you know, Joe Sackick, uh, uh, Mass Sundin came along in the late 80s, early 90s. And then, of course, they skipped town and went to Colorado where they started winning Stanley Cups. But uh, Goulet was a member of the Chicago Blackhawks by that time. And I believe Goulet was on the team that went to the finals against the Pittsburgh Penguins. However, I think he must have had injuries or something because he didn't play very much during that postseason. He only played. He must have been injured. Yeah. Nine games. Um, So he must have been out with injuries or something. So that didn't help Chicago's um, chances, but. Or Goulet, my, of course, is a uh, is in the Hall of Fame. He's a five-time All-Star, which is one of the reasons that we selected him at being All-Star Weekend. Uh, and you know, we're um, we're gonna live tweet the All-Star game as we go here because we're recording on Saturday, uh, which is the day of the All-Star game. So, um, yeah, like we, right before we started recording, Randy, you mentioned. Uh, a fun fact about the Winnipeg Jets slash right um, it's kind of throwing Michelle back to, yeah throwing back to our little redraft that we did last week I hope you all enjoyed that um just kind of looked back at the 1979 draft when Michel Goulet was drafted 20th overall by the Quebec Nordiques uh right before that was the Winnipeg Jets drafting Jimmy Mann so there you go another missed opportunity for our Winnipeg Jets maybe if they would have drafted Goulet we'd be sitting here as like five-time cup champs in the 1980s. And, right? You know, like Winni- maybe Winni- he would Winnipeg- have been the guy to yeah. get them There'd past the Oilers or whatever. There'd be a Michel Goulet statue at Portage in Maine, and you know Winnipeg would be like 1.5 million people because everyone would have wanted to be here. But unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> they drafted somebody else. <laughs> That's the way she goes, I guess. But um, yeah, actually, if anyone listened to our redraft last week, uh, you know, shoot us a message about that. And again, maybe a potential uh, future or different years that we could do. We we followed the old uh, 1990s theme by playing songs from that era and all that fun yeah. stuff. So, well, uh, let us know. I mean, even just if we do, if we look at the 1979 draft, which Goulet was drafted 20th overall. So back then there was only 21 teams in the league. Um, and uh, so he was the second last pick of the first round. The last pick of the first round, Kevin Lowe. Um, <laughs> perhaps you heard of him. Uh, Hall of Fame defenseman, big part of those Stanley Cup teams in Edmonton. Yeah, Jimmy Mann, um, 293 NHL games. Michel Goulet. 1,089 NHL games. Jimmy Mann, 30 points. Uh, <laughs> Michelle Goulet, 1,152 points. So, away she goes. That was a crazy draft, though, that 1979. Ray Bork, Kevin Lowe, Michelle Goulet. Mike um, Gartner. Yeah, Mike Gartner, Rob Ramage, Mike Foligno, Rick Vive. Uh, man, that was... Uh, you got to think, uh, like, you should have, like hit a home run in that draft. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Mats but, uh, Nasland went in the second round uh, to Montreal. He was Nasland was one of my favorite players as a little kid when I was growing up. I don't know why I was so drawn to him, um, but I it, I think it was because he wore number twenty six, and my birthday is the twenty sixth. And so as a kid, I was like, "That's my guy" or whatever. But um, anyway, Mike, uh, this isn't Mats Nasland. This is Michel Goulet. Um, from Peribanca, Quebec, right up near Saguenay. Um, he played one year in the WHA the, for the for the uh, 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 Birmingham Bulls, and then that was the WHA dispersal draft when they merged with the NHL that he got drafted. So there was quite a quite a number of guys who came over in that draft. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like Michel Goulet, pretty cool mustache. I think when you like Google image search him, there's no shortage of classic pictures. And he wore a Jofa with a visor. Now there's a look you didn't yeah, see. Yeah, that's that's uh kind of well <laughs> like not a lot of guys wore visors back then. Back Matt Snazland wore a visor, right? Yeah, uh he did. And he had he had a Jofa but not not the like, uh, you know, Gretzky, not the Gretzky style one. Jofa. He yeah. had that kind of um, uh, bigger, bulkier bucket. Yeah, Hawk and yeah. Lube had the same one too. Yeah, yeah, the Lube. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Hawk and um, man, I tell you, looking at those pictures of the old Nordiques jerseys, the blue, uh, they're just so crisp. I love them. They look great. It's a shame. I mean, when when uh, the Colorado Avalanche brought them back um, for their retro jerseys last year, but uh, I think that was last year. Yeah, I was. Uh, they did like the white version, and then they kind of had red as like a nod to the Avs or whatever. Yeah, like the maroon but, from the Avs. Yeah, colors, that's what yeah. it was. Yeah, but they look good. But like those blue Nordique jerseys, they're just. Ah oh, man, they look so good. I think I don't know. Anyway. So, um, Michel Goulet, you said he's a five-time All Star. Yes. Um, he must have been. Like, like, let's look back at his seasons. He had, he had a handful of fifty-goal seasons and yeah, four, some forties and there. some and some forties and some thirties. So. Yeah, he scored. He scored quite a bit of quite a few goals. Actually, five four five hundred and forty eight goals in one thousand eighty nine games. Yeah, so that's pretty yeah. much uh, over then, a half a goal. Twenty eight WHA goals as well on top of that. But he bookended his four in a row fifty plus seasons with forty two and forty nine. So he was pretty close to six in a row, really. Um, he must have been riding shotgun with the Stasny brothers because yeah. if you look at the 82-83 season, Peter Stasny led the team with scoring 124 points, then Goulet with 105, then Anton Stasny with 92, and Marion Stasny with 79. So maybe Goulet was an unofficial Stasny brother. <laughs> it was Michel Stasny Goulet. Um, yeah. Hyphenated, the, yeah. Yeah. So Goulet, won, he was an all-star in 82-83, 83-84, 85-86, 86-87, and 
Um, that 87, 88 all-star, like that would have been a, that would have been a juicy all-star team. You think about Mario Lemieux, Wayne Gretzky. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure you would have had a, a Joe Sackick. Well, was he a rookie that year? No, he was later. A little later. Yeah. Yeah. But you would have had but, like Mark Messier and yeah. Paul Coffey and Steve yeah. Eiserman probably. Eiserman, and, yeah, yeah. 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 That would have been nice. Uh, there, there were some classic all-star jerseys back in those days too. And, you know, thinking about what they're wearing this year at the all-star uh, game, that's pretty similar to a bit. Well, it's a bit of a, a throwback to, um, to what, an earlier, early nineties. Yeah, yeah. I think that year um, with the Owen Nolan goal, right when he's pointed, right when he pointed at the water yeah. at the top shelf, and then he, and then he put it right where he said he was going to. Basically, um, a lot of pastel colors in this year's game. The game just started, and it's the Pacific versus the Central three on three, uh, the three on three format, which we'll go get into in the next segment. But, um, but yeah, is that is that all we have on Goulet? Or he, I guess he probably would have played during those years where they. Just kind of had the basic orange and black NHL logo, right? And they kind of, it was like the Clarence Campbell versus the Prince of Wales conference. I think that, so. That, yeah, that's that era. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, if there, I, I will say another thing about Goulet. Um, he was he played for Team Canada a bunch uh, in both the Canada Cup and. Uh, the, the world championships, um, you know, he's got, well, I don't know about a bunch, but he played at least three times for Team Canada. Yeah, I think um, he was 87 Canada Cup for sure. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was a good part of that team. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say about Michel Goulet, you know, Forrest Gump style. And that's all I'll got to say about that <laughs> well he's but, for, for, he's forever immortalized here on talking hockey season five so congratulations yeah. mr goulet um uh, there there is yeah the prince of wales the orange stripes down the side yeah yeah and then like the 3d number 16 um 16's a real beauty number i really like it's it just, there was, it's a sniper number yeah yeah your goal score if you're wearing number 16 for sure. And Michel Goulet, he was a goal scorer. So. He scored a couple for sure. Couple Red goals, Hall, yeah. number 16. Yeah. And you mentioned um, we just did we did Trevor Linden the past couple seasons as a right. number 16. So he scored a few too. So our, our research uh, stands uh, very strong. Oh, breakaway. And we got the first goal here in the nasty Nate with the first goal. Oh, there we go. Okay, so we're uh, like I said, we're live tweeting the <laughs> um, the All Star Game. Uh, it's looks like it's four on four, not three on three. Is that? Am I right? Am I wrong? I think it's three. Oh, they're just like the jerseys are very. Yeah, they're they're kind of similar. Close. Yeah. Oh, there's his little celebration. Little fist pump. Um, Nate so yeah, McKinnon with the fist our, pump. Our live, our live tweeting is probably a little more interesting than the actual broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the Indeed. central goes up one nothing. Um, just before we go to our first song of the of the uh, show here, um, 
you know, I'm going to put you on the spot here for a minute or two. What, what, you know, it doesn't need to be your favorite all-star memory, but what's an all-star memory that sticks out to you? Like for all the years that you watched hockey growing up? Well, that's a tough question. Um, <clears throat> for sure that one where Owen Nolan points and then snipes, that's, <clears throat> excuse me, that's up there. Um, oh, live tweeting here, uh, Connor McDavid just tied it up. But um, <laughs> I, I think, I think, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I think one memory for sure that stands out all-star wise is back in the, you know, 80s and Wayne Gretzky won a car and it was like a Corvette. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, what, what I found I, funny, I'll let you can continue in a second, but uh, what I found funny is like how these like million dollar players get free cars, but yeah. and, and, cause they, they probably already have seven or eight. But yeah. Anyway, so Here. Gretzky wins a Corvette. Yeah. And I don't think that I actually remember it as, as much as I remember the photo or I've seen the photo since then, you know, and it, it, it's basically like when he's got the real feathered hair, like prime Gretzky with his little, with his, I, I don't Hockey know if hair. you want to call it a mullet fully, but like it was pretty close to a mullet. And then, and then he, he's got, there's the picture of him basically sitting on the hood of the car with his all-star <laughs> jersey on. And it's pretty, pretty great photo. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I actually even remember that happening. It's more just the photo I remember. Like I, I, I find just a lot like, of All Star games blend together. Like I can't really yeah. remember. Um, I just you know find what, like be- so, so sorry. One of the ones of the past, like when Ray Bork won, like the the mm. accuracy shooting, and like when yeah. Ally Afraidy was like hardest shot. Like those yeah. ones just seemed way more exciting. Um, but maybe because we were like younger back then. And I think now that's, we're, it might have been yeah. just because like we were kids. Like when you look at the online forums where you're bound to get some real hot takes, um, <laughs> people seem to, you know, there's a lot of complaining about the all-star game and the format and the skills competition and, and how gimmicky it is and everything like that. And it's like, well, yeah, obviously like, do you ever, take a minute there 40 year old white man and think maybe you're not the target demographic like maybe they're trying to just you know for the kids or whatever right like well i understand uh, too like Connor mcdavid dropped out of the fastest skater and you know probably to like prevent injury or whatever but at the same time like you do want to see the best guys yeah try and do those like events i liked his I liked his uh, quote about that, though. He said, you know, he's like, he's like, oh, I'm good at other stuff, too, <laughs> or something along those lines, to paraphrase. And then yeah, he yeah. went and sniped four for four in, like, yeah. record time on the uh, on the targets. Accuracy, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, so. and, like, the, the, uh, the, 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 I don't know if you want to call them the good old days, uh, but, like, those times of seeing Ray Bork and even Mary Lemieux, like, in the in the breakaway showdown, like, and uh, Ally Afraidy taking those clappers and, like, hitting 108 <laughs> or whatever, like, th- those were the good old days. Yeah. But what, what, what songs? So we got, we got a few uh, Winnipeg theme songs for this episode. What song are we going yeah, well, to hear? Yeah, well, it being All-Star Weekend, I thought, let's, let's go on a theme of All-Star Winnipeg bands. This is, like 
really kind of the the holy grail, the 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 top three Winnipeg bands. I think that most people would agree with. Um, there might be room for a little bit of debate, no doubt. Uh, but let's kick it off with like the grandfathers of Winnipeg rock and roll. Uh, the Guess Who, and and uh, what what song should we play? Should we play These Eyes? Yes, I to me that's like the song. I know the American yeah. Woman, American Woman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to me, These Eyes of, is my favorite. No, yeah, no, that's BTO. Get, yeah, it's BTO. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah These yeah. Eyes, I think for sure is my. If I had to only listen to one Guess Who song the rest of my life, it'd be that one. <laughs> Okay, we'll put it on repeat because here we go on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. It's These Eyes by Guess Who. These eyes cry every night for you. These arms long to hold you.
right, that was These Eyes by Winnipeg All-Star Band. The Guess Who. Uh, the theme uh, for our music this week is is uh, some all local All-Stars as we are uh, enjoying the All-Star festivities in South Florida. Um, down Right down on the beach. Uh, Randy, what do you make of the whole All-Star format that the NHL kind of rocks? Uh, they select... Essentially, it's one player per team that uh, the league selects, I suppose. I don't know who actually chooses them. And yeah, and then, then the fans uh, vote in other players. And then the fans vote in yeah. other players, yeah. So so there's guaranteed one player per team. Uh, although this year, uh, Seattle's player, uh, Matty Beniers, he was injured not long before the All-Star game, so he's not there. And so Seattle actually does not have... A player. I don't know why they wouldn't have chose a replacement. Yeah. Um, crack. Everyone had everyone like, had their ticket to to Mexico, I guess, and they couldn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like They're like, hey, Eberly, you want to? Uh, and he's like, no, I got to go back to Regina. Yeah, I got to go <laughs> hang out with Connor Bedard. <laughs> yeah. So, um, no, I don't know uh, why the Kraken got the short end of the stick there, but yeah, like you say, it's probably they just couldn't convince anybody to. Uh, to give up their vacation or whatever. So, yeah, I think um, a lot of guys look forward to that aspect of it, but yeah, yeah, looking at this year's team, like uh, right now, live tweeting the action here, there's three Colorado avalanche connecting for a goal, Uh, three on three hockey, three guys from Colorado, and they're all on the ice at once together. You think they want to uh, change it up a bit, like change it, play play with a new guy yeah. or something? The <laughs> uh, coach, the the coach of the Central Division team, there, he's probably just like, you know what, this. Uh, this is easy. I'm just you three, gonna put you, yeah, you three go. Uh then then the other guys. Peter DeBoer yeah. is the is the coach. But um right. uh here comes Morrissey actually. Oh, uh, off the blocker. But yeah, Central Division team on paper, it looks like they've got a pretty solid squad. It does, yeah. So let's run down the central division on paper. Um just to sort of give the listeners a heads up of what's going on there. You got Clayton Keller of the Arizona Coyotes. This is his third all-star appearance. Seth Jones from Chicago with his fourth all-star appearance. Uh, Nathan McKinnon in his sixth all-star game. Kale McCarr, his second. Miko Rantanen with his second, all for all three of those guys from the Colorado Avalanche, obviously. Jason Robertson in his first ever all-star game, and he's just tearing up the league, uh, scoring goals left, right, and center. Kirill Kaprizov, Kirill the Thrill from the Minnesota Wild. It's his second All-Star appearance. Juicy Saros, the Nashville Predators goalie, in his second All-Star game. Vladimir Tarasenko from the St. Louis Blues with his fourth All-Star game. Connor Hellebuck is making his third appearance. And Josh Morrissey in his first ever All-Star game. That's the central div, so... A nice-looking team uh, on paper, for sure. And as we live-tweeted, they're currently leading the Pacific Division 3-2 at the halftime? I, I believe it's it two 10-minute halves, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, interestingly enough, on the Pacific team, they're showing them on TV right now. It's uh, Bo Horvat of the Pacific Division New York Islander. <laughs> He's got an Islanders yeah. patch on his shoulder. Western playing. conference on the, on the front. <laughs> yeah. yeah. First time so, ever for everything folks. Yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, 
Yeah, like, do you do you like that format, or would you kind of prefer to see everybody be voted in, or would you prefer something else entirely? Like, do you do you think one person per team is is good? Like, what? How, how's it yeah, shake down for you? I, I think because who who was voted in? Was it Morrissey made well, the Hellebuck team? Was yeah. Morrissey was the guy that from the Jets that was like named Selected. and then Hellebuck got voted in. Yeah. Because every team needs two goalies, obviously. So I think um, that's fair because if, if it's a popularity contest, I don't know if Josh Morrissey gets in. Because right. if you think about like voters from across the league, I they probably don't even know who Josh Morrissey is. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know? Whereas Well, like, it's surprising like Roman Yossi isn't there, right? Like, yeah, but yeah. there's only a couple, you know, for defense, you got Jones, Makar, Morrissey. Morrissey. Uh, I guess that's it. You got three defensemen. Yeah. And and if Nashville's one player is UC Saros. Yeah, which right? is hard and, to argue with that. He's a yeah, great goalie. Yeah. And, and then like yeah. Chicago, like who else do you take? Like who else is having an all-star season? <laughs> like not that is Seth Jones. I'm not sure. I would say probably, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But, um, you know, Taves and Kane, uh, maybe they just, I don't know, didn't want to go or what, but, um, yeah. Or like, is it kind of like, well, uh, yeah. Like, do you go on name brand kind of thing? If that were the case, then probably Kane would have Kane been Chicago's be there. guy. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So it's, uh, I, yeah, I, I don't think, mind. I th- I think it's fair. Like it's a, it's a good way to do it because it also gives the fans a little bit of say, you know, if yeah. they want to get whoever in, but like, if you think to what, what season was that when they voted like John Scott in, like oh, someone yeah. who, who's not an all-star, but like he, he had, yeah. it, that ended up being the story of, of the, of the weekend kind of thing, which was neat to see. But um, I think if it's strictly a vote, then I think guys like Josh Morrissey maybe don't get in because the Jets would probably have Kyle Connor going, which is fine. But, um, you know, Josh Morrissey, I think, deserves the recognition of being an all-star due to the season he's having so far. Yeah, they they used to have kind of, well, they've had a few different formats in the in the last little while. So, um, so before the current format of having the three-on-three, which they've done since 2016, they did um they did like uh the the guys drafting the teams remember they had like a captain oh yeah draft yeah that was cool whatever. yeah yeah that was kind of fun i guess but you know um it was the the john scott one that must have been mm, that was three on three hockey i remember yeah so that must have been about 2016 or so, because I think that's when they started the three on three. Um, and then, you know, before that, it was pretty much just like East versus West, or if you go back even further, Campbell versus Wales. And then there was a couple years in there where they had the world versus North America all-stars. Um, yeah, th- which, that was a good year too. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mind that. Um, it was kind of interesting, but, um, but that was five on five, like, and yeah. like the old way was five on five. And then they've shifted to this kind of three on three tournament for the past few seasons where it's four, three on three teams. Uh, and you play, you know, whoever the other division is in your conference. And then the winner goes on, the winners go on to play in the finals. So, 
right. um, a little bit of a mini tournament, I guess. I kind of don't mind that format. I like, I kind of think it's, it's, it's interesting. It's fun. Um, and then you end up getting, you know, three hours of, well, the actual games are really only 20 minutes, I guess, but it's like know, one period pretty much. They, they can fill, yeah, they can fill yeah. three hours of airtime or whatever. Um, so, cause also yeah, at least I, with three on three, there's more ice, mm-hmm. you know, if it's five on five and everyone's just dogging it like out there, like that's boring, you know, like mm-hmm. at least with three on three, they do, there's more stretch passes and, and that sort of thing. We got UC Saros in the net now for the central division. Um, Oh, passing it back to him. He's, oh, he's oh, doing the breakout here. I uh, thought he was going to uh, try <laughs> and score up. on the other goalie. Who would be the Pacific goalie? Is that Skinner? Skinner um, was, he's in now. It was like Logan Thompson, I think started the game. For yeah. the, uh, Skinner for the to me has the uh, best facial hair of the all-stars. He's was got there that. a was there a skills competition for that? <laughs> there should be because <laughs> he's got a magnificent duster. Um, like it's wild to me. Stuart Skinner is a young man. I don't know, twenty four ish, let's say, and he's got the mustache of a thirty five year old for yeah. sure. <laughs> well, how about how about like the fact that he's also there with McDavid and Drysidle? Yeah, but all but um uh. Campbell was supposed to be the starting goalie in in Edmonton. Jack yeah. Campbell, Soupy, I think people call him. Um, yeah. But uh, here we are with uh, Skinner as the All Star goalie. Is is he the is he the goalie the Edmonton Oilers have been looking for uh, all these years? I think so. Um, you know, he's they drafted him and he's kind of made his way up uh, through the through the ranks. He was in the ECHL not too, too long ago. You know, 2019-2020, played three games for the Wichita Thunder. I don't know why I said Wichita like that. Wichita. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he, he played some games in the AHL, Bakersfield. Um, and then, uh, and that was just like last year, too. And then he came up with Edmonton, got some games in. But this year, he's really kind of taken hold of the Edmonton net. Um, <clears throat> he rocks at 914 save percent, 292 goals against average and uh has been solid and i i think that mustache just gives him the like the look of experience and i just i looked it up he is 24 years old that was a good guess um but he's i don't know i think he is the guy that edmonton's been looking for in their net and now but now the problem is they've got soupy for five years five million a year or whatever it is so and then what yeah do they'll do have to that? pay that's a, <laughs> They'll have There's to pay Skinner to pay probably soon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, so. so how about how about yourself? Like as far as um, even just three-on-three three hockey in general, um, are you a three-on-three three fan or are you a fan of, you know, especially when it comes to events like this, would you, do you, do you like the three-on-three three or would you want to see it go back to how it was when we were little kids growing up watching, you know, the five-on-five five Pacific I, or uh, Prince of Wales versus Campbell Conference? Yeah, I think for the All Star game, three on three is is fine. It's great. Um, it gives the guys lots of room to to make fancy plays. You know, like you think of three on three overtime in the NHL. It's usually or it can be end to end exciting. You know, there's 
Um, so it's nice to sort of see, like, uh, I, I don't think they're playing as much, like, possession-based trying to get the two points here at the All-Star game, you know? Um, so well, they're trying to get of, the cash, though. They want the money. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it's it's um, a lot of chances and a lot of shots. The goalies, they sure get their uh, money's worth. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's uh, a fine format, the three-on-three. Three-on-three in general, like, I don't mind it for regular season overtime. It's fine. Uh, I, I don't think I would want to see it in the playoffs ever you know yeah um but for for the regular season it's it's fine last so last night uh at, at sort what at my uh friday night old timers skate we're pretty short benched um just the the way she goes um really uh really short bench so we decided let's go three on three so there's lots of room to move out there and you know, if nothing else, you just you you get so many touches with the puck that you can just you can try things you wouldn't normally try because you're gonna get the puck again <laughs> in 20 seconds or whatever you know. So what it's like it, instead of uh, dumping and chasing, you go in and you you try and uh, go inside outside on the defenseman or whatever, right? Yeah, so, and you got lots of space. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's. There's there's time and space for you to try things and um, as we live tweeted here Clayton Keller with a beautiful backhand sauce who uh, finished that off there that's Tarasenko oh Vladimir Tarasenko he's on the trading block apparently uh, might not be a St Louis Blue for too much longer uh, even uh, Ryan O'Reilly uh, here is out there as well that's what uh, they say although O'Reilly's out with a broken foot so oh okay and, I didn't know that and he's had a terrible season in general so I don't know and he's the captain of the St. Louis Blues so I mean like I don't know if it's, I believe that he's going to be traded I understand that he is a free agent after this season so maybe you know it's in the Blues best interest to try and move him but um well, 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 why don't we segue here to, to oh, talk? No, about- we'll do we'll do that in the last segment because okay, we're okay. almost out of time for this one. Uh, I just wanted to add a, a common misconception I find maybe amongst hockey fans and whatever in the media, you kind of feel like the All Star Game is the halfway point, but honestly, there's only 30 games to go. Like a lot of teams have played 49, 50 games. And yeah. some some teams only have like or even uh, fifty two. I think the Jets have played fifty two, so they only have thirty games left. So it, it's it's a bit of a mad dash to the end of the season, where you kind of feel like this is the halfway point, and there's still lots of hockey to go. But yeah, those hockey games, those games are going to go quick. And uh, and maybe a question for you that I'll have here in the next uh, next segment is how do you feel the Jets are going to go with in those last thirty? Can they get you know, 18 to 20 wins, you know, who, who knows? Like, let, let's, I'll see what you think there, but let, before we go there, let's throw to another song and then we'll come back and talk about potential trade uh, options for the jets and how they're going to do in that last 30 games. Yeah, that sounds good because now that you, I, you're completely right. I thought we were halfway or whatever, but yeah, the jets only have 30 games left looking at the standings right now. Yeah. They've played 52 games. 
I did not realize that's really snuck up on me. Um, but <laughs> yeah. let's, yeah, let's throw it to another Winnipeg all-star band, an all-time all-star band. I think if you think about punk rock, not even just Winnipeg, you think about great punk bands of the world of all time, Propaganda is on that list. And when you think about Winnipeg, they are such a Winnipeg band that it's just like, you know, they, they've made their mark locally, internationally. Um, they're an important band around here in the scene. And, uh, I, I think, um, you know, we've played propaganda a number of times on the show. Um, you know, we've, we've played hockey with some of the dudes in the band. Um, we've had Chris Hanna on the show. Um, well, we'd like to probably get some other guys on the show as well, and we'll, we'd probably like to get Chris back on the show. Um, but uh, yeah, let's let's play a propaganda song because they are for sure a Winnipeg All Star uh, band. And this song, "Victory Lap," is off their most recent record. It's the title song off the album. Um, it's the lead track on the album, and I think it would be a ripping tune for a team to come skating out to just that riff right off the top. You'll hear it in a second, folks, but that is a, that's a wicked riff to come down the tunnel and take a quick couple warm up laps there as you, as you hit the ice and the fans are going wild. So uh, yeah, here's victory lap on talking hockey, the hockey talking show.
That was Propagandy with their track, Victory Lap. Uh, do you think, Randy, that the Winnipeg Jets will be taking a victory lap once they hit the ice uh, after the All-Star break? Uh, they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. Notably, uh, kind of lost a, a handful there. They had a, a rough stretch but right before the break, and then they, they won their last game before the break. Uh, yeah, so they're coming back with 30 games to play, uh, sitting second in the Central. And um, where are they in the Western Conference? They're uh, kind of... I think they're second in the West too, aren't they? Yeah, second in the West. Yeah, it took me a second to sort that. Um, there are two points up on Seattle and LA, uh, but Seattle has a game in hand. No, sorry, uh, three games in hand. And uh, L.A. actually play, has played one more game than Winnipeg. So, I mean, it's pretty so the, tight in there. The Jets also come back from the All-Star break and they have their bye week. So they actually don't play until the Saturday. So right. here, here we are this week. So we won't have any Jets games until I think it's Saturday. They play Chicago here at home. So yeah. that's a good way maybe to get yourself going. You got... You know, you don't want to say it, but it's a, a weaker uh, opponent that you could maybe, you know, get an easy dub. But um, I think I think this break and the bye week is coming at the right time. I think the Jets had a pretty, you know, pretty busy stretch there. It looked they, they looked a little tired. I think their mentally. December January schedule will, was heavy. It yeah, was, it was it was intensive. I, I think they were all you know, over the place. I think the break is going to be good. Then, but I also think. Um, I think Rick Bonus, you know, his his expertise and his experience is going to be able to get the boys back on track. And and my question for you is, with with thirty games to go, um, they only need eighteen wins out of those thirty games to get fifty total wins for the season. Do you think that's realistic for the Jets? Do you think they can go, say, some sort of combination of eighteen? 12 and zero or 18, 10 and whatever. Do you think the jets yeah. can, can get at least 18 dubs in, in the last uh, 30? Well, I think if they can sort of shake the, the rust off quick, as far as coming back from their break and bye week and everything like that, and get back to playing kind of more how they were uh, earlier in January and, 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 and that then, then yeah, like I think it's a, an attainable, uh, record to hit in 2018 when they finished second in the NHL just behind the president's trophy winning Nashville Predators how many wins did they have that season I think they had 51 or 52 yeah so because I think they had like about 113 points that year right, right. Um, but this year like the, the 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 difference this year is the Jets are winning uh, they're winning. They win all their and, overtime games. They, yeah, they, and and they're they, not getting the they're they're not getting the loser point as much. Right, I think they only yeah. have one 
one loser point. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But so what do you they think? They either just uh, lose straight out in, in regulation. If it goes to overtime, the Jets are winning more yeah. more often than not, which is fine. Do you, um, do you think, do you think, also, do you think this lineup can get it done? Or do you think the Jets need to kind of supplement and bring in a player or two? I think they do need to supplement um, by bringing in a couple players. And I don't think that they need to really like add earlier in the season. I thought, Oh, they got to add to their top six forwards. I don't know that that's the case right now. I think that um, if they could add a solid, like quote unquote, middle six player, as uh, we talked about one time on talking, watching hockey with Vinny, we talked about the middle six. I think if the jets could add a solid middle six player, to to sort of help that third line score more, then that would be beneficial to them. Because when you think about the third line, oh man, they have not scored much lately. Adam Lowry hasn't had a goal in like 24 games or something like that. And I love him. He's probably one of my favorite Jets, but he's just snake bitten and can't put the biscuit in the basket. You know, and he's been skating with Saku Menelainen or Axel Johnson Pialvi. And those guys, you know, they they hustle hard, you know, nice guys, try hard, but they're at the end of the day, they're not really putting the puck in too much. And I think that the Jets need more goals from the bottom half of their lineup. Um, so if they could add somebody in the middle six, and then I think, honestly, if they could add a defenseman, uh, I know there's a bit of a log jam on defense because you've got basically Sandberg, um, Stanley, Hainola kind of rotating through one spot. And I thought Sandberg had grabbed that spot, but then Stanley comes back and he got a few games. Hainola ended up getting a couple games, but he didn't look great in my opinion and has for sure been passed by Stanley and, and Sandberg. But if the Jets could go ahead and add like, you know, a top four D man, I think that would go a long way. Um, I agree. I think, I think some D depth would definitely help the team. I got, yeah. here's one more question for you. You know, you can take some time to think about this one and then, and then wrap up the show here. We got about uh, three minutes to go. But do you think Vili Heinola is a Winnipeg Jet after the trade deadline this year? Do you think he becomes a piece that they use to to get to bring somebody in? Because ultimately, I think the, the Jets window it's this year, next year. I think they got to go for it. So, yeah. do you think Heinola is maybe someone that gets uh, gets lost in all this? Yes, I do think that he gets traded. However, I will say that if not him, then Sandberg or Stanley are going. One of those three, Sandberg, Stanley, or Hainola, one of those is getting moved out to help bring something back that will help the Jets to win this year. Now, whether that... Like, I I don't know who... I think the Jets would maybe prefer to keep Stanley because you can't teach size, as Kevin Sawyer (laughs) likes to say. Uh, um, But, you know, I think... Hey, Nola, he's so highly touted, but in his limited appearances this year has not looked very good as far as, you know, looking confident 
um, like we've seen him play with the Moose or Team Finland in the World Juniors, where he looked great. Um, and I just think it's a matter of reps, like NHL reps, like he just needs the games. Um, and the Jets haven't been able to get him in those games. Uh, so, you know, maybe his trade value isn't as high as, say, a Dylan Sandberg. So depending on what they're bringing back, um, yeah, I don't know. I could see one of those three going, but I don't know that Hainola has the uh, the trade value right now. But if you package him up with a draft pick and whatever else, you know, to a team like Arizona for Ch- Jacob Chikrin or something, who knows? Yeah. Like, um, then Arizona's got they got no pressure to win. They can put Hainola in, and then in three years, Hainola's like a fantastic defenseman and, and all Winnipeg Jets fans are like, Oh man, I wish we had that guy. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I say, I say the Jets have to go for it. And you know, if you think about the future, you still got Brad Lambert coming in and Chaz Lucius and Rut- mm-hmm. Rutger McGrody. Cole Perfetti is only going to get better. Kyle Connors here for quite a few years. Josh Morrissey, you know, all that stuff, you know, they're they're I think they're looking good, but I think, I think you got to go for it this year. I, I think the Jets have to make a move and, if if uh, that becomes a uh, Heinola that's moving out or some well, one of yeah. those three that you mentioned, then I think I think you got to go for it. You mentioned Brad Lambert. I could see him being dangled out there too. Like he's one of these guys that is intriguing, you know. Um, if he's part of a package with some other parts and pieces, you know, as like the prospect that's thrown in, you know, I could see uh, him being part of that. But you never know. Like I mean. Um, for sure, there's going to have to be, I mean, you got to trade, you know, you got, you got to give up to get something. So, yeah. um, but I don't think that the jets will necessarily trade a roster player as in a regular, like, I think Dylan Sandberg would be as close to a roster player as, as they're going to move kind of. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. So, um, that all being said, I think the trade deadline is is March fourth, so we still got some time to go. Um, yeah. The uh, Pacific uh, All Star team ended up losing to the Central team of you know, including Josh Morrissey and Connor Hellebuck, six four. So that means the Central team now will move on. Uh, but you, everyone knows this already because this is two days ago, and you're listening That's to right. it on Monday. Uh, but we got about uh, forty seconds to go, Tommy. So I'll just let you wrap it up and throw to our last. Uh, all-star song here sure thing so yeah um we're gonna go out with another winnipeg all-star band probably my favorite winnipeg band if i'm being honest it's the weaker thans the song is uh psalm for elks lodge is that what it's called so a psalm for last call at elks lodge um it's it's just like such a like it's a it's a winter drinking song, you know. Pour yourself a brown ale and uh, sit back and get reflective with the cold winter vortex. But hey, no more winter vortex here. It's moving on out. Um, you've been listening to Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, keep your stick on the ice, and we'll see you next week. Let the waitress put the chairs up. Let the glasses that you broke. Form a picture of our leader With a halo made of smoke Let the golden oldie station crackle And come through 
before we say goodnight. Let her talk about the ball game and the weather show we care. Like a sound we didn't notice until it stopped and left us there. With the traffic and our heartbeats beating in straight time Let our hatred and affection march in the same line Before we say goodnight Our secret handshake once more with feeling. Let the toast to absent members push through the ceiling before we say goodnight.